In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. This is the feast of the Epiphany that we've transferred from the middle of the week to this week so that we can all be together to celebrate the, the fact that the three wise men have taken their rightful place at the nativity scene. Coming from the east, each to bring to the Christ child a gift, a gift of frankincense, a gift of myrrh, a gift of gold. What about those gifts? Uh, now, I'm convinced that the world is divided up into two kinds of gift givers. There are the gift givers who have gift radar. They seem to know what another person will really appreciate. It's like they had hacked into the person's Amazon wish list and just know. And when you get a gift from a person who just got that radar, you're going like, how did you know this is awesome and sweet and wonderful? And then there are the other gift givers, and I'm in this camp, who live in fear that you're going to give a gift that's going to be thrown back in your face and you and with the words, what made you think I would want this? Not that that's ever happened. And I wound up this week spending time with a, a bunch of worship leaders from around the planet. And we were together during the Feast of the Epiphany. And there was, I heard a couple of messages and there was a lot of talk about the significance of the Feast of the Epiphany because we're all up there, we're a bunch of liturgical nerds. So everybody was parsing, what are these gifts and what are they all about? And there was a, a woman who has spent much of her life as a, an expat missionary in Japan. And for her, the gifts represented the regions from which the, the, uh, the wise men would have found their gifts. Gold here, frankincense here, myrrh here, representing the, the nation's giving of themselves. You know, oh, this is pretty cool. I heard a Baptist preacher. You know, these men, they were magicians. They were into the black arts, magic. And they were the kind of men who would, they would read chicken gizzards. And so the gold and the frankincense and myrrh were no doubt elements that they used in their black arts. And the wonder is God used that to bring them to Jesus. Now you go and you bring everybody you can to Jesus no matter where they are. And I'm going like, that's really inspiring. I don't, I, I don't know if that's what's going on here. And I had another person suggest like, okay, look, the point isn't the gifts themselves, but how valuable they were. And how do you think Mary and Joseph financed their trip to Egypt? They went out and sold the stuff, so they had the money. I'm like, wow, the, the creative energy here, here is amazing. But I don't really know if any of this is, well, anyway, I do think, I do think one Episcopal Anglican clergyman from up north, sorry, probably got it as close to right as could be. And it was John Henry Hopkins Jr. who wrote We Three Kings that we listened to and sang just a little while ago. 
Now look, the remarkable thing about the trek of the Magi, who probably were Persian astrologer priests, may have dabbled in some weird stuff. The remarkable thing is that according to Matthew 2, they're led to Jesus not by Scripture, but by some celestial sign, whether it was a visible alignment of objects in the heavens, and which scientists still today are trying to figure out what that might have been, or whether, whether it was the reading of an astrological chart or something altogether unique and unknown to us. The point is, as my missionary to Japan friend uh, intimated, is that the Magi do represent the nations being drawn by their own devices to Israel's and therefore the world's, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, which is why I think at the end of Matthew's gospel, this being told to us at the beginning of the gospel, Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now go to the nations and make disciples of them. Then all the while, whether these three magi know it or not, they're fulfilling rich prophecies of Israel. And it's not impossible that if they're from Persia, that they had known Jews of the diaspora who had acquainted them with the Scriptures. We don't know. What we do know is that Isaiah, as we read today, had foreseen a day on the far side of Judah's exile when the epiphany or the appearance of God's glory would lead kings and peoples of the earth to bring their treasures, gold and frankincense, to Jerusalem. We know that Psalm 72 imagines a greater son of David as we sang this morning, who would receive the tribute of rulers and kings. And as far back as Numbers chapter 4 verse 17, Moses had recorded a prophet's vision of a star coming out of Jacob and a scepter rising out of Israel, a star rising to vanquish evil. Which brings us to the gifts themselves. John Henry Hopkins II. John Henry Hopkins Sr., the father of John Henry Hopkins Jr. I don't need to repeat that, right? Okay, the father John Henry Hopkins, was the first or second Episcopal Bishop of Vermont and spent a time as the presiding bishop of the Episcopal Church. The son, John Henry Hopkins Jr., was himself an Anglican clergyman. He was rector of a couple of Episcopal churches, and it so happened that he gave the eulogy at the funeral of former president Ulysses S. Grant. He wrote this hymn, We Three Kings of Orient Are, as part of a Christmas pageant for his nieces and nephews back in 1857. So like no pressure, Cannon Bales, it's on you baby. Next Christmas, the next We Three Kings. So he wrote it for his nieces and nephews for a Christmas pageant. 
And as he reflected on these gifts, he found himself thinking in terms of gold as an acknowledgement of royalty, incense, which is physical prayer, in acknowledgement of this child's deity, and myrrh, which would be an anointment for burial to make a rotting body smell sweet in anticipation of his sacrificial death. I'm not sure you can get much better than that. And so I have two gifts for you today. One is a briefer message than usual. And two is my prayer for you and me that we never outrun our wonder and our joy and our thanks that God opened the door to the nations and calls us all to come in and to invite others in. And second, that for you and me, I pray the last verse of the hymn that we sang. Glorious now, behold him arise. May this be the heartbeat of every single one of us. Glorious now, behold him arise. King and God and sacrifice. Heaven sings alleluia. May we join heaven's song always. Alleluia, earth replies. May you know him as the most precious thing in your life. May you worship him from the moment you get up in the morning to when you go to bed at night and even in your spirit worshiping him as you sleep. And may you rest in the wonder of the forgiveness that he came to win for you and me. Amen.